welcome to the second episode of the Bridge Set Shop podcast. Matthew. Hi. Pleasure to see you again. Yeah, dude. And uh, this time we have Brian Blaker with us, who is just going to kind of be here the whole time. So if you hear a third voice, that's him. And then we'll uh, direct some questions at him later. But how are you doing this morning, Brian? Good, good, good. Chilling. Wonderful. Uh, just the housekeeping at first with the events coming up. Uh, our synth night that we mentioned last time is uh, going to be super, super special this uh, this March 7th at 8.30. We have Korg uh, coming in, some of my friends uh, from, from my time there in the office. And uh, one of the product specialists, Nick Quaz, is just going to come down and hang out. It's going to be bleeping and blooping. Bleeping, blooping, blapping. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's going to be here hanging out. And, and if you have any Korg questions or want any tips and tricks or anything of the sort, uh, he'll be able to help us out with all that. Uh, and of course, all synths from all brands are still welcome, even though Korg is here. If you can plug them, <laughs> bring them. <laughs> if you can plug them and play them, <laughs> bring them on in. Uh, and then Uke Night is the second Thursday of every month. So I do not have a calendar in front of me to tell you that number right now. But the second Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling through right now. Nice. It's the second Thursday of every month. That one starts at 8. Uke people tend to be a little more timely than synth people. I wonder why that is. Is it like is it like like reflective like delay, you know, like electronic delay between the instruments between or something? Between brains. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, Brain don't you get there, man? Like, Whoa. Starts at 8. I'll bleep at 9. <laughs> <laughs> Different wavelengths for sure. If you just stand at the door and see who comes in for each one, it would all answer itself. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I walked in at what, like 10.30 the last one. I was like, hey, I forgot this is happening. And there was like three dudes just like creaked over like, hey, who's that? <laughs> Gnarly bass line, <laughs> abrasive drums, little filters in and out. Yeah. Is uh. this dubstep? <laughs> <laughs> do we have a date? Everyone's looking at their phone. Yeah, I forgot to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, see it right now, and I just said, like, oh, I'm just going to keep talking. What, what, what it's was uh, March 9th is the second Thursday. Oh. The calendar is a crazy thing. And then the last Sunday is Digit Night. Digit Night. So we're going to get, get that. Get some people droning out. Come one, come all. <laughs> That's impressive. What is that? The, the last Sunday? The last Sunday. So the 26th? The 26th. Sweet. Of oh, yeah. March. I'm plugging no, the 26th in. of February. Oh. So this one coming up is the very last Sunday. Well, this episode is going to be released after February. We're time traveling, folks. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> I forgot March. that I wasn't in the future. <laughs> but it's still it's, the 26th. It's still the 26th. I'm right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> is it? Wait, in March it's the 26th Well, yeah, because well? uh, February is 28 <laughs> oh days, bro. Oh, my God. Yeah. It yeah. actually <laughs> is March 26th as well. Now we're all clear. My bad. <laughs> all the time travelers out there, you can mark February and March 26th. I think that about wraps it up, right? We're done? <laughs> cool. Where's the cheese? Oh, we have a whole segment on cheese. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so I slept in a little too much today, but I was laughing very hard in bed last night with my wife telling me I'm an idiot because... I just started thinking about things we could do on this podcast with you, oh, Brian, no. and, and the game that I came up with that you're spared for this time is, or was, Name That Cheese. 
And it was going to be that we would just pick a nice, really deliciously random kind of exotic cheese from Whole Foods. Oh, man. And have you eat it and describe it and tell us what you thought it was. Why can't we do that now? I know, so. (laughs) I got to run to Whole Foods. Can you hit pause? (laughs) (laughs) So we'll have you come back, uh, maybe not for the whole episode, but maybe just to pop in for five minutes for a round of Name That Cheese. (laughs) 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 No Swiss allowed. No. No truffles either. No, that was. No way. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't be a part of this anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, you know, good, but you got to like truffles to like truffle oil all over a piece of cheese. Mm. Yeah, don't tell Nick about this game. Nick really loves cheese. He just knocks on the door right now. Like, oh, oh dude, you're I'm, here. <laughs> I'm, surprised that, I'm surprised that he's not like, let me in. <laughs> well, that explains why I guess it was about two or three summers ago at this point. Uh, I booked him to play at the Whole Foods like Cheesemonger Festival, and it was on the roof at the Whole Foods of 10th and South, like on top of the parking garage. What? I didn't outside. know, but that's pretty sick. Yeah, and I think he played with uh, is it Skinny? Is that what he calls his uh, his violinist? Yes, that does the electric violin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, Nick Greeley and Skinny played uh, a cheese fest. Yeah, he probably loved that. He well, all of his texts now are that much more. Make and more sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I could tell he was excited, but now I think he was really that serious. Steve, can I borrow some cheese? <laughs> 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 but, so let's get into probably the craziest thing that happened in February uh, that, that Matt pointed out as we were trying to prep what we are going to talk about, and uh, it's a bright pink guitar. By BC. <laughs> Before Christ Guitars. <laughs> Why did I get that? I don't know. I was alone in the shop, I think, when that happened. Yeah, I wasn't here. It was like a Thursday. And I was like, I came back in. There was like some creepy little pink guitar hanging out. The action's like a mile long. (laughs) I was like, dude, what is that? He's like, God, for like 10 bucks. Nice little little pink burst. Uh, Well, no, a guy came in and he was like, hey, man, it's not about the money. I'm moving. I just Mm. need to get rid of this guitar. Uh, And so I looked up BC guitars and saw, you know, at Walmart and Target and everything and get this guitar with like every accessory in the world for only $35. So I said to him, "Uh, I'll give you 10. (laughs) And he said, great. And then I slapped a $20 sticker on it, put it in the window and have watched every single person ignore it, except for one <laughs> so <Me>. far. <laughs> this girl was so very close to getting it. Uh, and then her significant other talked her out of it. Uh, it doesn't look good on a wall. I was telling Brian, like, yeah, we can just sell it as a lap steel. Just put it down, just get a little sly and go boiling. Probably, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Why not? <laughs> yeah, anything's <laughs> possible here at Bridge Set Sound. Yeah, lap steel <laughs> awareness. <laughs> Oh, that's the event we forgot, yeah. Yes. The 32nd of March. (laughs) (laughs) Lap steel awareness. The 32nd of every month, actually. (laughs) Let's turn this into a thing. (laughs) Oh, yes. I'll cut that part out. (laughs) So, Frankie has been busy. He has. Frankie is our flute and uke teacher. Uh, and he also works the register on Thursdays and Sundays, but he's also been 
doing a bit of making things. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of this? The kalimbas. The he's getting some violins ready, right? Yes, kalimbas, nice. violins. He's flutes done some and whatnot. Done some flutes. Yeah, they made out of like PVC. He like burn them all up and stuff, and just like drill holes in. Yeah, he's got what? this little torch yeah, that he just. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of PVC, and everyone walks in and picks up, like, whoa, this wood looks so gnarly. And then they, like, <laughs> tap it, and they feel how hard it is. And so that's PVC. And they're like, no way. Dude, he, he told me when he went into his house, he's like, I can't burn at my house because it'll just, like, kill everybody. <laughs> so I have to go on the roof, and he's like, ugh. Just to burn it for, like, 20 minutes and stop, do it again. Uh, it looks awesome, though. It does. Nice. It does. He's risking lives for these <laughs> flutes. <laughs> <laughs> Namely, his own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, the, the flute thing. So he's teaching flute. He's doing the violins. He's not teaching violin, but we do have one of our friends, Daniel DeJesus, coming in to uh, to teach some violin. So we're going to get into that side of things on, on Sundays. We're going to start with that. Um, and yeah, and Daniel DeJesus, I actually used to live with him back in the day. Uh, I'm sure he'll be a guest on, on one of the shows coming up. Uh, him and I worked in a studio together for quite some time. He's been performing forever. Uh, and he also does cello, as a side note. So we're focusing on violin. I was going to say, I'm probably going to need to get a cello string for uh-huh. the cello that Frankie gave me. Uh-huh. I mean, like, he chipped all the paint off and like spray painted <laughs> it with like this crappy brown color. <laughs> well, I was going to make a cello diddly bow and just get <laughs> the thickest cello string, a piece of wood. cello bow. <laughs> <laughs> and a block of cheese. <laughs> Split it right inside. <laughs> As long as there's no truffles, I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> the tone goes truffles. way down. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I had nothing, actually. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> the truffle knob on the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, when I hear truffles, I think of fluffy. I didn't really know what a truffle was until Yeah, I never thought of it, of it like a mushroom. I thought of it like like the chocolate truffles. I thought it was yeah. like yeah, like a marshmallow kind of thing. Like oh, truffles. Yeah, like little trolls just jumped out of the ground <laughs> into a frying pan. And was like, hey, this is how you make a truffle. <laughs> but it turned out to be fungus instead. Oh. I said, oh, okay, nice. So it does make truffles and cheese would be like fungus and mold. Mm-hmm. Still it's like extra. They're, they're all kind of like intertwined a little bit, right? Because fungus mold and is, mold. Yeah. Like, it sounds like a personal m- problem. <laughs> isn't mold just like some kind of pre-fungus situation? <laughs> it's like a cow just like dropped it out and was like, mm, yep. who Whoops. wants this? Come to Papa. <laughs> I'm not go. qualified to speak on mold and fungus, so I no, can't answer your no, curiosity. No. Either am I, but I'm trying. Go <laughs> yeah. to Whole Foods enough. Uh, and the other thing that we've been doing around here uh, more, more and more often is shooting video. Oh, yeah. It's been a blast. And what we've found, I mean, for anyone that does anything that you're trying to promote, just hands down, immediately what I've learned is video, this is not scientific, but 10 times more effective than a photo, potentially even more so. Um, and, and immediately so. It's been crazy. Uh, you know, we've been doing the Instagram thing forever, and it's cool. It's fun. We got your face on there. Oh, yeah. Got some things going. But as soon as you put a video up, people just go nuts. A little more interactive, right? Yeah. You just kind of see it. Oh, nice. Yeah. They did that. And they'll watch it, like most of it, and you can tell that. Makes sense. There's a lot of moving things going on, you know. You kind of like want to see it from start to end as opposed to like picture. Boom. Yeah, I guess, yeah, on Facebook nowadays, there's just videos everywhere. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you can go live on, on Facebook. You can just be like, oh, why not? Yeah. Well, you <laughs> can go live on Instagram, <laughs> too, right? Me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And on Snapchat. 
Yeah. Or like Instagram, Snapchat, what is that called? Like your story? Something oh, like yeah. That. yeah. That's Instagram like, stories. I've been kind of taken off on that. Like that's a pretty, pretty good idea to get into. It's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. If, if my phone, the shop phone, if you will, didn't have a broken camera <laughs> uh, on the iPhone itself, I would Both love to cameras? get into the, the story. The front thing. and the back? Uh, just the this one. So I guess I could like do the do selfie do, every video. Do the selfie video every time. <laughs> I'm eating macaroni and cheese. What up? Extra butter. <laughs> Pink guitar in the background. <laughs> Check yeah, it out. Every shot. <laughs> it's good old BC. <laughs> Chilling. If anyone listening knows what BC stands for in the BC guitars, tell us right us now. now. Yeah. <laughs> Call in. Do that time travel thing. Show up on the 26th <laughs> of February. Let us know. The only BC I know that makes guitars is like BC Rich. That's right. Like yeah, the super metal guitars? Yeah. 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 I used to have one, and then I was like, oh, man, BC Rich. But I'll, I have to check the font. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. There, I don't think say. that they would make that. It doesn't have a floating that. tremolo. You can't do dive no. bombs on it. <laughs> no, no dive bombs on that thing. <laughs> no, they have like, uh, yeah, BC Rich would be what looks like a battle axe, and it's like oh, yeah. the triple black paint. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's no way this pink burst guitar is the same BC, but it's only $20 available at Bridge Set Sound, probably for the rest of the year. <laughs> Comes with a case that says guitar at the bottom. It does. So you know what you're getting your into. <laughs> there's also a hole in the case as well. <laughs> it's just so you can see that pink color. You know, it's beautiful. Uh, for the record, we don't usually sell used instruments. If you're just, if this is all you know about us, this one episode clip. We don't sell used pink guitars usually ever. We do all new stuff. And that's mainly for peace of mind. So we know everyone has a warranty when they leave here and things work and we can all sleep soundly. Uh, speaking of sleeping soundly, last night I was doing so, prepping for you, Brian. Uh oh. And here is the prep work Kung Fu, coffee, and funk. Okay. Spill it all. That's nice. <laughs> um, I know you from coming in here. Yeah. Yeah, I came in here a while ago. Like, how... how You guys had only been open for... I don't know. God knows how long. Like You're one of the OGs. Yeah. You didn't oh, have yeah? the synth wall. You didn't have anything <laughs> back here. Anything. It was just that. <laughs> it was just the front room. Would you like one pair of headphones, sir? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So why did you come back in again? Or what were your thoughts yeah, when when you first walked in? You were like, what? Uh, well, I, I'm always intrigued with uh, new music stores in the city because Philly does not have any music stores, really. Um, or at least like when I moved here, uh, it was very difficult. There were only so many places you could get like quality music supplies and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool to like swing by and check out, you know, a new spot that was doing something a little different, not just, uh, you know, used guitars and, like, beat up, like, amps and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool to check out the new vibe. And I had your name wrong for, like, a solid year, and I remember I finally came clean. I don't know if you even remember this. I thought, for some reason, I thought your name was Doug for <laughs> Interesting. That's and very interesting. Because my wife and I really liked you, and we were just like, yeah, oh, yeah, Doug stopped by again. And we were just like, is that really who he is? 
is though? I feel like it's not. I I think I vaguely remember this, but I don't think you ever called me Doug to no, my face. No, I was always like, hey man, what's up, dude? Yeah. Oh, later, dude. Yeah. Good to so, see you. So you dodged bullets. So you're okay. You're okay. Yeah. And Doug. It was probably the day that like you picked something up and, and used a credit card and I was just like, Oh my god, it's Brian. <laughs> yeah. Hey dude, Brian, what's up? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, I think that was uh you guys were selling pedals then. And yes. I picked up some pedals from you guys. Yes. Yeah, we did have some pedals. What kind of pedals did we used to have? Like um, Big Muff, we had like a wah pedal. Like yeah. just really limited kind of stuff. What did we do? Yeah, we had the Vox wah. Uh, we had the, the Big Muff or two. Um, and then BBE, we signed on with BBE oh, yeah. and had a couple of their things. The anyway, just bender chorus? Yeah, just one? trying <laughs> some different things. Then we cut the electric guitars, and then that's when the pedals uh, slowly went out. But uh, Brian here actually was, you were really getting pedals for your sax, right? Your yeah, tuna. yeah. And that's funny that you mentioned the Big Muff and the Wah, because I bought both a Big Muff and a Wah, and then eventually bought a BBE pedal from you, the uh, OptiComp. And then I think uh, you also had MXR pedals. You had yes. the, I got the, uh, the Smart Gate from you, the Noise Gate. Oh, very nice. Yeah. How does a Wah pedal sound through a saxophone? Uh... It's difficult. Yeah. It's it's pretty fun because uh the saxophone's really weird in that like depending on how it's venting, um, you know, kinda like determines the pitch and the timbre. So it's like when you're panning the frequencies of like every specific note, it, it, they all react very, very differently. I was so gonna it's say, it probably weird. sounds wild. It's like it, wang, you're wang, Yeah, you're it's pretty <laughs> strange. Yeah. Is that something you use often then, or is that kind of like, all right, this one or two times in the set, I'm just going to throw these notes around? Uh, a little bit. I've I've kind of moved away from the manual wah now, so I don't actually use that Vox one anymore, unfortunately, but I have like a... Like a Auto wah? Yeah, like, like a synth wah, sort of. Ooh, um, nice. So there's kind of like a synth wah emulator that takes the signal and replicates it, and then... What pedal is that? I think it's by... Boss, it's it's literally called like synthwa or something like that. Synthwa like envelope filter or something like that. I have the Digitech, the one, uh, the green one. It's a synthwa pedal. No, it might be that one. You get the gnarliest tones out of that. But it has it has like nine different like settings. Yeah, I only use the first one because that's the only one that's like safe to use in a live setting. Everything everything else is crazy. It's like you really have to know what you're doing with it. Yeah, but it's a secret weapon for sure. Yeah, definitely, it's a lot of fun. So have you found uh, like a go-to for your sax um, now in your your rig? Um, I'm still kind of messing with it a bit. Um, the toughest ones are like usually uh, like overdrive and distortion pedals, because um, I mean, you know, uh, every uh, guitar kind of has that like pickup safeguard. You know, they're only picking up from the strings, whereas like. I have to mic the saxophone and it's picking everything else up as well and like the signal coming back and everything so it kind of gets a little out of hand. <laughs> but I'm w- I'm working out some more uh tricks to do that. So Nice. Right, so what what projects are you uh planning right now? Um the main project I work on is Swift Technique. Um you know, go, going to the funk part of the discussion. Yeah. Uh so that band's been around for about 10 years. So yeah, that's crazy. When we moved here and when we opened up here and we're like, okay, we're a music store now. What's the music scene? Um, Swift Technique was something that just started like creeping up in all of our conversations and our searches. And then Bill and I, uh, our friend Bill, 
we did a podcast uh, somewhere in Jersey for like music stuff, and Nick Greeley was the guest. And so that's how I met Nick, and then it all came kind of full circle, and then you started coming in here. Um, but so, yeah, so Swift Technique, like, is there, what's the history there? It's been a rotating cast of uh, people? Or? It's the, ma- the main people who've been in it from since the very, very, very beginning are the, uh, the bass player, uh, Jake Lachinsky, and um, the guitar player, Andy Bree. And uh, and then with horns, um, they started with like a trombone player, and a and an alto sax player that wasn't me. And then uh, Greg Rosen, the trumpet player who we have now, um, has been in it pretty much since the beginning as well. Um, but that band went through many incarnations as like what the aesthetic was because when they started, it was a live hip hop band. Actually, it wasn't even a funk band. So we had like an MC and everything, and Everything was kind of focused around that that vibe, um, and just kind of like developed over the years, changing some personnel and stuff like that, and then moving into more of like the instrumental funk vein that we had for a little bit, and then we were lucky enough to get um, Chelsea Viacava, um, our vo- female vocalist, and then um, bringing Nick on as well, and so kind of like fleshing out more of like a picture of like what we wanted as like a full funk band. Where did uh, Chelsea come from? Ooh. Um, <laughs> Chelsea, uh, she, she's she been working with, like, um, what is it? Uh, what is that, that one? Oh, EBB or, oh, or BBE. Oh, uh, EBE. EB, like EBE, yeah. Enter- she's, yeah, yeah. The, the entertainment. She's been doing that since she was, like, 16. Okay. And um, her then fiancé... Um, uh, ran was like a bar manager up at the Cherry Pit up at or the Draft Horse now that's what they call it in on Temple's campus, and uh, we played there and then that was the first time I met her was she uh guest vocaled on like uh a set or two with us it was it was pretty cool, um and then kind of we brought her back on after searching for other vocalists during that time, um I didn't get a call yeah sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I don't even think you were in the Uncle city Steve, yet. Why? <laughs> <laughs> this was this was a while ago. This had to have been like five, six years ago, maybe. So, I was here. You were? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's yeah, okay. I was waiting by the phone. <laughs> Just waiting. <laughs> I was crying, eating cheese. <laughs> yeah. But so, other than uh, a swift technique, you have your own project, right? Yeah. Bison's uh, Big Bang. Yeah, Bison's Big Bang. Uh, Going with a lot of B alliterations, bridge set sound. We like the B's and the S's. B's and S's. A lot, a lot of plosives and sibilants. <laughs> yeah, um, that that band has been around for a little bit. We don't play as often as I'd like. Um, it's kind of hard to get that kind of like jazz fusion outfit, um, kind of like playing regularly, especially um, with the personnel that I have. Um, I'm lucky enough to call upon like people who are like really talented musicians and they're they're very busy which is the problem but uh, it's also really fun what kind of instruments do you have in the group for like a jazz fusion thing uh so with that one um it's two saxophones uh two guitars bass and drums um and then lately um i've been working with uh nick too is is guested with it and um a vocalist uh joshua batson um mm. it's local uh singer-songwriter kind of guy. Great, great vocalist. Um, good dude. And uh, 
So we've kind of like been incorporating that a little more. Nice. You guys have like dueling saxophone solos? Eh, sometimes. Not not all the time though. Each one has a uh, what that Digitech synth wall, just like we <laughs> 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 That'd be that'd be awesome though. That'd be if awesome. You need yeah. a didgeridoo in Bison's Big Bang. Oh, yeah. dude, let me know. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll keep you posted. You and all your notes. <laughs> <laughs> I only need one, man. <laughs> only one. <laughs> so from what I remember, uh, when I was checking out some of the Bison's Big Bang stuff, it did have like a. I'm assuming you listen to the Mars Volta. Oh yeah, and you're into that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It was I remember. Um, actually kind of just being floored by it where the the one track in particular was almost just like a cinder block swinging back and forth in a very funky beautiful way i just remember being like wow this hits harder you know than maybe i would have expected when you're like hey dude you know here's here's my project you know i play in swift technique and do this and 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 what i knew of you and and i put it in and i immediately remember thinking like mars volta this is hitting harder than I thought. This is awesome. It's Bison's Big Bang is like a really good name for this because it sounds like a bunch of bison running into each other. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did that name come to be? Uh, so, um, kind of was looking for a band name for a while, um, and my stage alter ego name uh, nickname with Swift Technique is Bison. So, um, kind of like swung that through and kind of wanted to uh incorporate kind of like the idea behind the band being just kind of like um something that does like hit very hard you know and not like your stereotypical like jazz kind of setup like something that's a little more approachable to like music that i grew up with that music that like our generation grew up with that's not necessarily that super subtle approach i mean it has it in there you know because it is it is like kind of a jazz medium so there are dynamic changes but like those highs go hard and then the lows like come back just enough you know so kind of like grabbing those aesthetics of like music i kind of like grew up with and enjoyed nice and i enjoyed it very much as well and for those that want to enjoy it at home where can they find us uh they can find it pretty much any uh electronic um device basically uh it's on itunes it's on spotify um i don't know if it's on if we have a band camp but uh itunes and spotify would be probably the biggest ones so. slash bison's big bang yeah yeah nice just that so it's a uh, what, is, what is the name of the thing oh uh <laughs> pure imagination is the name of the album yeah so it's got a blue cover a little is that that's a picture of your face on yeah there? yeah it's a sketch sketch it's like a weird sketch of my face and then like a bison <laughs> going with the animal theme Hell gotta yeah. have an animal involved somehow <laughs> but yeah so it was it was a great project it took a little while i actually had to take a hiatus from swift for a little bit to kind of like get that project finished because um swift had just such a which is great for them, a very demanding gig schedule and stuff like that, and I just couldn't really commit to that, and uh, so I had to, like, take a step back and then, like, flesh this out, finish it, you know. So it was really nice because it got got mixed here in Philly, recorded over at University Arts. Um, The band, on on that record, uh, the drummer is, like, this great cat, Felix Manzi, he plays with a lot of people in the city, Um, and then... At that point, it was only a quartet, so it was just me and then 
guitar, bass, drums. And the bassist and guitar player I know from Yorts as well, but they uh they run that uh rap outfit, uh Ill Dutes. Oh, uh, no way. Yeah. Dope. Cool. And uh and so um I've known them for a while, so great dudes. Yeah, great musicians. Yeah. You wanna ask him about the kung fu? He told me to ask you about the kung fu. Oh man. <laughs> what kung do you fu. know about kung fu? Is there a spoon? There there is there, no spoon. There is no spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Kung Fu. Um, that is an interesting venture uh, that I was probably one of the best decisions of my life that I've actually made. Um, growing up, like I, I've dabbled in martial arts, but as you know, as a kid, you like you don't stay on one thing ever long enough to really like grasp it, unless if like you're really into it. And uh, this kind of happened where like I finished up college, and all I was doing was like waiting for gigs, hanging out home, and then, like, I'd have, like, a day job. And I was just like, I need something else to do. Why not, like, do something I've always wanted to do and join a martial art? And uh, luckily I found this great school up in Chinatown, Philadelphia, Wing Chun. Um, that one specifically because I saw the movie Ip Man. And if you've ever seen that one, it's on Netflix and stuff like that. It's uh, about Bruce Lee's first teacher. Um uh, I think, yeah, Yip Man is the actual pronunciation. Um, super cool movie, super fun. Um, but And a lot of that depiction of Wing Chun is actually very basic, but it's fairly accurate. So it's um, it's a lot of fun. I've been doing that for, it'll be four years in October. Um, yeah, it's it's been great. Is there a certain discipline within martial arts? Who's martial? How did he come up with these arts? <laughs> and but no, I, I think if and I might be getting you twisted with another another person on my Facebook as well that I see things happening. But do you do like uh, it's close combat, like hand kind of stuff? Is that yeah, 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 yeah. Th- that that's probably us. Um, so this common uh, drill that we do um, in Wing Chun is called Chi Sao which uh, translates to sticking hands. So, like, um, you and your partner, um, are your hands are constantly in contact, and uh, it's a sensitivity drill. So, kind of like in close quarters engagements, when you, you know, are defending yourself and you're up close, it's teaching you how to be sensitive to, like, the other person's force and, like, redirecting it, as opposed to, like, trying to, like, muscle, because chances are, if someone's attacking you chances are they think they can take advantage of you so they're probably bigger and stuff like that so mm. getting used to redirecting the force and not fighting it with your own strength um and then uh kind of like being sensitive to those kind of forces and person's weight and then taking advantage and exploiting that kind of situation you just inspired me to do like a star wars spoof just like redirecting the force the kung fu pretty much of star wars. <laughs> yeah it's, i mean that, you know yeah um wing chun was invented as we understand the history was invented by a woman so it was uh designed for people who weren't as strong or not as big to kind of properly defend themselves efficiently mm, so nice. um it's a very simple. It's not very flashy. No backflips. I don't have to do any backflips, thank <laughs> God. Um, so, it's it's a lot of fun though, and it was it worked out great because it's a great school. The master is great. Um, and funny enough, what I learned is that apparently 
like after college or like during the late stages of college is a very common time for people to start doing martial arts. So it's like I joined into this like essentially family of people all my age who are like learning this this like new discipline to them coming from all different like walks of life and stuff like that. And so it's a lot of fun. So I basically just got adopted into like a family of like drinking buddies and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it's like it's super fun getting drunk and just fighting each other with your hands yeah pretty much <laughs> but it's always it's always fun it's yeah it's like <laughs> wing chun people are always fun because it's like you will always get way too drunk but it's also the kind of people that you don't want to be uh you don't want anybody else to be that drunk with you know what <laughs> i mean like it's the best kind of people to be that drunk with but we could just defend ourselves from each other. <laughs> if we yeah, need to. from each other. Yeah, exactly. So it's great. Is there um, another like we just talked about the the hand combat? I'm not even going to try and pronounce that, unfortunately. But is there? That's just a part of what you. That's do just a part. That's a drill. Um, but the the kung fu itself is is uh, like a very like close ranged, very simplistic um, kung fu, uh, and I mean it. it Incorporates a lot of um, striking and like self simple self defense sort of things, um, joint locks and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, mostly what it, what it entails. Has that kind of like bled into like your musicianship at all, like the way you think about things? You know, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's something that I liked about it too was that like I it had kind of a similar like um, aesthetic like concept to it like being simple direct and effective yeah yeah. and then applying that to my music and then also applying it in like a more i guess tangible way besides just like the music like a physical act of something being simple and effective yeah so um and i also mostly joined it too because i don't do gyms and (laughs) i need i need like if i'm gonna do exercise i need something something to do practical yeah and so that was kind of like a concept going into it, and it was uh, pretty great to find it as well. That's awesome. I was thinking when you were saying that, I was like, that's probably great. Instead of thinking all these crazy sax lines or guitar chord riffs and all this stuff, it's like, oh, it kind of disciplines you to be like, just play C, F, and G. Yeah. Just try yeah. that. Yeah. Just do that. Unfortunately, sometimes I get all mixed up still with music, and I play too many notes. Mm. But, um, you know, from practicing this and, and doing stuff like that, taking those kind of concepts and applying them to my music is a lot of fun. Dope. Was the sax your first instrument? E- no, no. Um, my mom taught me a little bit of piano, but, like, basically, like, some very, like, simple songs. I didn't know anything about theory or technique or anything like that. No um, swift technique at the time? Nope. No, no, no. You're just uh, a little baby? Just blocky. little baby, yep. <laughs> And then, because uh, I started saxophone in middle school, at like sixth grade, and uh, but at the time I was like super into just like punk rock and stuff like that. So I played guitar actually, and I played guitar like all the time. Did you have like, one of those like little black and white strats with a little tiny five watt amp? No, I. No, we're going back to the BC Rich. I had a BC, a red, <laughs> Dude, like a like a red, like Corvette red, like <laughs> BC down. Rich Mockingbird. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had long hair and everything. It was great ripping on that thing. And then uh, 
the second guitar that I like saved up enough money somehow, uh, bought this uh, pearl white like Ibanez. Nice. That was super great. Um, but you said you played punk music or pop? Mi- punk. 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 Like BC mostly rich. like punk rock and like metal ish music. Yeah. Um, it's so funny where we come from, and then like we're like, oh, we're like twenty six in our mid twenties, whatever, and we're like, oh, I'm playing saxophone in a funk group. Oh yeah, and I used to play bizarre. punk, and I used to do like all the bright eye stuff, you know? Yeah, it's really definitely. Funny. How old are you, or what year were you born? I was born in eighty eight. Okay, yeah. so because I was born in eighty six, and it's always interesting, like what was punk to you versus what was punk to me, and sometimes <laughs> this like two year gap is like crazy. But then some punk bands have just been around forever. So yeah, yeah. who was when you say like oh, I was playing punk? Oh my god, there's some of the um, stuff. I don't even rem- like I, I'm like trying to even remember like names now because like s- ever since like I got into jazz it's just been like flooded with just like that. Um, let's see who was who was doing punk. I mean, were you like in a rancid? Can you do like a rancid jazz album? Oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be so good. Rancid I can do the good. vocals. Trust me. <laughs> Some bad religion. Yes. Bad religion was a huge one for me. Uh, is it the dysfunctionals? I don't even know if I don't know that. that is. No. Uh, I'm just trying to think because because Southern California I just had like a huge punk rock scene as it is like local. Um, so like it it was a lot of that. Uh, Strung out was yeah. a, was a, was a was a group. Um, when we're going to more of like the pop punk rock sort of thing, like uh, No Use for a Name is one. Uh, God. There's so many of them, I can't even think about it. Yeah, I was all, <laughs> and I, I distinctly remember this because my friend Jake got me a vinyl for Guttermouth, and I used to like love Guttermouth. Yeah. And, uh, but I was like, yeah, the Vandals, the Descendants, uh, Guttermouth, Bad Religion. I loved Bad Religion, yeah. loved Rancid, all that stuff. Um, but you mentioned Southern California, so you weren't in Philly forever. No, no, I grew up, born and raised in Los Angeles. Hence actually. the Dodgers cap. Yeah, hence the Dodgers cap, yeah. So... Yeah, uh, born and raised in Los Angeles. Moved out here when I was 18. For? For music, for study at the University of the Arts. Yeah. So, and then cranked that away, and now I'm still here. Do you ever, do you like, oh, I want to go back to L.A. someday? Have you found a home in Philly? Um, I found a home in Philly, for sure. But uh, every time I go back to L.A. and visit family, I'm like, man, like, It's and it's cool because to kind of like talk about LA when I left as opposed to what it is now, um, it's it's very different. Like like how Philly is going through their developmental phase too, LA is kind of also going through a, like a reinvention sort of thing. Like it's opening up public transit, a lot of like the hip things that are going on now, um, huge coffee scene now. Uh, Let's see. I mean, it's always kind of been in the culture, but it's just blown up there. And then, like, even, like, uh, jazz and instrumental music, um, you have, like, so many heavy hitters coming out of that scene. I mean, you have, like, people like Thundercat coming out of there, Kamasi Washington, um, and then, like, a lot of, like, the soul, like, neo... I won't even say neo-soul anymore, because I think we're past that, but, like... Under Anderson Pack and stuff like that coming out from LA is just like really inspiring and super cool. So it's it's a good time to be in LA, but LA still has its troubles with like being so big and you need a car and it's like 
a little more expensive, but it, I, I mean, you know. That's why everybody comes day. to Philly. Like everyone's just like, "Oh, sweet, LA's great, New York's great, but Philly's like a really small, condensed version." You exactly. Can get anywhere in twenty minutes. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, and and right here by the shop too, we're seeing. You know, there's amazing houses here that are way too expensive that we would never be able to afford. And yet people are moving here into those houses and coming into the shop and being like, oh, my God, this is so much cheaper than the city, that city (laughs) and and the other city, Um, which is awesome because now Philly is getting this like, okay, I'm a a creative professional and I do want some income, uh, you know, to kind of do what I want with. So let's go to Philadelphia. Yeah. have you so you you moved to Philly in what year you said 2006 or 7 okay so it's been about a decade yeah yeah have you been in the coffee scene as well then since you got here no actually uh that's been about 5 years maybe not not so long so um it was kind of bizarre because like i, I went through the normal route of like having gone to like music school and like what do I do now I don't I don't go straight into a job with music like unless if I get on my stuff about like applying to universities to like teach or something like that um and I I didn't really have that as a focus at the time I mostly wanted to keep playing um and kind of teach in like smaller bits so uh so I found a day job at a restaurant. <laughs> it seems like coffee shops is kind of like the grad school program for people with music degrees. A little <laughs> bit, a little bit. Um but it's it's kind of it's a great um industry though, especially um it's the specialty coffee industry which I really wanted to be a part of. It actually took me a very long time to get into it. So I was working at this restaurant up in 20th Market and then uh for like 3 years as, like, a cashier, barista, busser sort of person, like, trying to just, like, up my coffee game. And my one roommate that I've lived on and off with, uh, Tom Claddock, he's a manager over at Elixir Coffee, and he's been working in specialty coffee for a long time. Um, Kind of was, like, showing me the ropes during that time and uh, got me into specialty coffee and, like, all, like, the latte art and stuff like that. And it was, like, it just boggled my mind, like, combining, like, science and like your own personal creativity and like making something that everybody kind of likes and needs sort of like needs 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 being a a relative term but like something that everyone consumes and then like taking all these like very intricate creative things that require um like a very high skill for like a craft like just like music or kung fu um and then, like, handing somebody a cup of coffee and, like, something so simple, but it makes someone's day, though. Someone needs that, and, like, it's kind of special that way. What's your favorite design? My favorite design? You make little eighth notes for saxophones or something? No, 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 no. <laughs> That'd be cool, though. Yeah. 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 But uh, favorite designs? I do, like, what they call rosettas. They're, like like, the long like leafy ones with like the hearts on top those are the, those are the good ones yeah it seems like there's almost an expectation now from people because this latte art has become such a thing and uh, instagram and everything that if you hand someone a latte and there's no art on it now it's probably like buzzkill 
A little, a little bit. I thought that's what I was paying for. Yeah, I mean, a little bit because uh, it, it used to be a thing where, like, like um, the coffee community was kind of like, ah, like, why do you spend so much time with latte art? You should make sure it's tasting good. But the only way you can get that latte art most of the time is if that milk is really good. If you take very good care and skill uh. into doing that, so it's kind of like a stamp for the barista to the customer being like, I took special care of making this for you. Here you go. That's beautiful. I so, never even thought of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I guess if the coffee's not the right temperature or the milk or this or that, yeah. it won't yeah. do that. Yeah. I mean I mean you can have like bad coffee like bad tasting coffee and then like do the design, but most of the time, to my understanding, like someone who takes that much care into doing that will also take a lot of care into prepping the coffee and making sure it tastes good. So, um, yeah. So it's kind of nice. You learn something new every day. Yeah. yeah, man. So we just took a brief intermission to save and make sure it didn't crash and then started having a good conversation in the meantime. Um, we're actually going to play a track uh, on the outro from Bison's Big Bang so you can check it out. Um, and then Brian asked if we did have any download cards, and I don't think we do, um, because that table that we have by the door there, people will literally just like stop by on the reg to just grab all the free stuff that we put there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So uh, we'll check. There might be some, but there's a good chance also that they're people gone. have yeah. Are these taken business out. cards free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully yeah. they're Snag gone. Em. I don't know. <laughs> so they probably think half of the stuff is a sticker, and it's not. <laughs> yeah. But. Couple menus, couple things. Um, so, what track? Uh, I guess if if we were to play one here as as we do the outro, what track would you want people to hear from Bison's Big Bang? Oh man, um, or well, if do you want to go with something that like you're hidden hidden really hard, or do you want to go something a little more subtle? Uh, I guess is there a track on there that kind of is like encapsulates what the whole thing is? Or are they all pretty? Just like this one's like that, that one's like that. Uh, I'm trying to think. Any kick-ass rhythm parts? There, just there like, are some. Like one, you're just like, dude. Yeah, I love jamming the on that. Deepest groove. <laughs> yeah, there. It would either have to be like, maybe the first one, or or maybe the fourth one. I think I'm. Tr- I can't even remember the order <laughs> of the songs on this album. So it's, it's all like improv. Ter- it's terrible. <laughs> I, I, d- I don't. <laughs> I think I like I listened through it like a few times after like we got the master done and then like listened to it on a few different things just to make sure it sounded okay. And then it was like <laughs> like sorry. Cr- yeah, like screw it. We all write music and you get so excited and you like you get stuck creating because you just have to listen to it 800 million times and you finally finish the song and then it does come out and you're like you guys can listen to this, but I don't really want to. Yeah, I'm moving gonna, on. <laughs> moving on. Plus, I know I'm going to play this live 800 million times. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's see. On Apple Music. All right. Contemporary jazz is the thing. Great. Mm. Lies. <laughs> Lies. Lies. Man. Okay. This is lying to me. Brian. Oh, look at that. Jinx, you owe me a hamburger. Dude, we've been so in sync. Every time I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to ask this, you ask it. And then I dance <laughs> over here. I just watch and love it. Sick leather wristband, dude. Thanks, man. Oh, okay. So there's seven tracks. <laughs> not, not, not five. Bonus tracks. <laughs> bonus tracks. Six bonus tracks. 
Only one of them is a is a cover though. It's just the title track actually. There's a cover in there? Yeah. What's the cover? Uh so the title track is uh Pure Imagination. So it's that uh uh Leslie Bercuse Bercuse I can't remember. Bercuse. Yeah. Um but the uh the uh iconic theme song from uh Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh no way. Yeah. Sick. Okay. Yeah. So did you have to pay for that then, or you, you have did to it? pay? I think you have to pay like a mechanical license for it. Think um, <laughs> did you? No, I, I mean, I did. I did. I did. I did pay. I did pay something. I did pay something for it. Cut it off. Um, <laughs> some of them are more expensive than others. Um, so I only had to pay like 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 a one fee to like use that, um, and then like I think some money that I make from it like goes to that estate. But um I can't remember the breakdown. It's been so long. <laughs> so, so like I it, that all that stuff is such a headache sometimes that I'm just like it's yes. Okay, just So on. technically speaking, like if you were to say, Oh, let's play that track and we paste uh, posted it and played it, would you you probably owe some money, or is that a thing like if if so? So how that kind of works is that um, I basically the things you can copyright are basically written music and lyrics. Luckily for me, I'm not using the lyrics, um, so the the melody would probably be the only thing that is is copyrightable, and then the performance itself is its own copyright. So. Um, I basically just have to pay for to use that melody, um, and uh, I don't I don't owe anybody any money after that, pretty much. Whereas if I was like a bar owner and I played the song, the recording of the song, that's when I would owe yes. the other yes fee. If you yeah, know. to wh- whichever publisher owns the rights to that song, yeah. Very nice. So we won't play that song. Probably um, not. Let's just let's stray away. I like that one a lot, <laughs> but let's let's probably stay away from that one. Um, Matt, do you want something in odd times or not odd times? Dude, odd times all day. All right. So <laughs> it's the it's the fifth one. Then I think is the one you're thinking about. Cool. We'll yeah. play the fifth one. Bison then. number five. Yeah. <laughs> this is that's a song called. It's called Push and Pull. Nice. So you will be hearing Push and Pull by Bison's Big Bang here on the outro. Are we outroing right now? Uh, no, that was no. I want. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know since this is coming out the first of March. Is yeah. there anything that you have going on in your music life, coffee life, kung fu life that people should check out, come to, be aware of? Uh, um, I don't know about coffee and kung fu. Coffee, coffee. Not necessarily like in Philly, but I'll be going to Nashville actually for Ooh. Coffee Fest Nashville. Um, competing in the uh, Latte Art World Championship Open. No way! Yeah, it's pretty funny. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's sixty-four baristas from around the world, basically spilling milk. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to psych everyone out with your kung fu, get in their head, and then win exactly, the competition. Exactly. Exactly. Kick um, the table over. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, in music world, there's there's nothing nothing for Bison's just yet. Um, we're trying to cut some new singles and get some video out. Um, our last show at Milk Boy, where we opened up for Pete Francis of uh, Dispatch, um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we have video and recording of that that's um, getting edited right now. That's gonna be popping out. 
Um, as far as Swift goes, uh, I think actually today, for you time travelers, mm. uh, at noon, we're announcing that we are going to be part of Camp Bisco. So that will be fun. <laughs> oh, dude, nice. Uh, yeah, because we played that show with them at the Fillmore earlier this month. So um, they brought us on to that. Um, for those who will hear it in time, the 23rd of March, we're playing at uh, the Ardmore Music Hall, opening up for uh, Pimps of Joy time. So it should be fun. And I'm trying to think. Those are the big ones so far. I think we're playing, uh, what is it, Disc Jam or something like that. There's a, there's a lot of festivals, but if you go to swifttechnique.com, you can like catch like when all of this stuff is happening. And if people just want to like say hi to you or see you in, in Coffee World, you're at Ox Coffee? Ox Coffee, yeah, right over there on 3rd Street between uh, Bainbridge and South. Nice. Do you have like a regular kind of schedule there? It's it's kind of. Um, I'm usually there Mondays, Mondays and Fridays, and then like intermittently throughout Thursdays, Saturdays. Cool. Yeah. It's good stuff. Thank you, Brian. Uh, brought <laughs> yeah, coffee dude. for good. us, and it's got us through this whole thing. He somehow got it here on a bike. Yeah, it was three. That was not easy. <laughs> that that yeah. I think I still have. Coffee stains on my hands. Third degree burns. Ah, no, it's not bad. <laughs> I mean, when you work in the industry for a while, you burn your hands so much that like they kind of build up some resistance, or you lose nerve sensitivity. One of the two. <laughs> but, I can't yeah. feel my saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luckily, the inside of my hands are okay. The outside, not so much, but it's okay. And as far as all the uh, the other things, the links and the whatnot, I guess you said Bison's Big Bang, SoundCloud, Bison's Big Bang. all that. Yeah, it's on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We're working on a website. We're waiting for more content to kind of put up a website. Um, Swift Technique, swifttechnique.com, Ox Coffee. Uh, it's basically just Ox Coffee. I think oxcoffee.com or oxcoffeephiladelphia.com. Um, that's super fun because you can catch all like the info about the shop what they're doing they roast coffee um i teach classes there if you want to learn latte art uh stuff like that from a champion from a champion (laughs) and uh yeah and then i think what's kung fu uh philadelphia wing chun.com um i think that's the site the site link but if you if you search philadelphia wing chun um that that will be the school that comes up how do you spell that then uh w-i-n-g C-H-U-N. Beautiful. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming by. Matt, thank do you, you have any other outstanding questions or issues or anything with this man? With this guy? Just that leather bracelet. That's about it. I love it. You like it? <laughs> yeah, where'd you get it? I think I got it, I got it off uh, Etsy, maybe. Nice. Yeah. It's very barbarian. Yeah. Barbarian. I didn't even say that right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really like the leather the leather cuff bands are, 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 are fun. I used to have one that had like a watch face thing on the top of it that was really sweet, but I lost it. So I'm like rebuilding my leather wristband repertoire. <laughs> and that gets into the part of your life that we won't talk about. Yeah, no, 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 no. Next podcast. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next podcast. For the leather wristbands or the leather stuff and the cheese game. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back for the cheese game. Oh, yes, please. If we can tie it in, maybe actually, if we could get Nick in here, oh, we can man. have you and Nick do a cheese <laughs> off. A cheese <laughs> off? Yes. So we'll, we'll hopefully in the summer, I know you guys are going to be crazy busy, but at some point, we'll, we'll see if we can get you back Couple in here. A couple of Fontina. Who can eat it faster? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, one more time, the name of the track that we're about to play is... 
Push and Pull. Push and Pull by Bison's Big Bang. Check it out. Thanks for listening. And uh, you'll be hearing from us again in April, the month after March. Woo! Yeah. I think that's the one after March, right? I think so. Who's counting? Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Brian. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's just me and Steve. We love Brian. <laughs> 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 <laughs>